All right, hi everybody. This is Joe with Keeping Up with Joe, and today we are joined by Kristen again, um, third time on the show. So super excited to have you. And Kristen, just maybe uh, give me a bit of a kind of like a recap because I know last time we talked, uh, you were I think you were shopping around like a different book, uh, mm-hmm. as I remember, and that's not the book that ended up getting published. You would now have like a, a like a book deal that's going through. It's super exciting. So, anyways, maybe just tell me a bit about what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. So uh, last time we talked, I'm pretty sure I had my um, Icelandic romance out on submission, um, which was the first romance I ever wrote. I had written fantasy prior to that. Um, I was really excited about that one. Unfortunately, it kind of died on submission. We went through two rounds of submissions and kind of general feedback was just that it was too quiet. The stakes weren't high enough. Um, it wasn't quite as rom commy as what the market was looking for. Um, and so at, around the time that we had talked last time, I was working on another book that was written very specifically to market because I was getting that feedback that, oh, we want funny, we want banter. Um, and so the second romance that I wrote is actually based around a dating podcast. Um, and that one went on submission last last summer so summer 2021 whole process has been very slow I know everybody knows this about publishing um but that one went on submission in summer 2021 and it was immediately clear that I had done something right done something more to market because I got a much more positive response and ended up signing a deal with um St. Martin's Press which is an imprint of Macmillan and that's a really big publisher right yeah yeah they uh they're considered one of the Big five, big four, the numbers get all mixed up these days because there was the issue with one of the publishers wanting to acquire another, which I think got rejected. But um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're one of the big publishers. Um, so that was really exciting to be able to sign with them. And I got a two book deal. Uh, so I have oh, a wow. that will be coming out with them as well. Well, so like, how, how, how does that work? Like, so they just really like the book so much that they're like, oh, we want to, we want to guarantee that we're going to get another one. Is that how that works? So uh, the way it went for me, I don't know how it goes for everybody, but essentially I had a Zoom call with the editor to talk about like her vision for the, the first book, uh, Seven Rules for Breaking Hearts. Um, and after we had that call, she asked for my agent to go ahead and send over pitches for any other projects I was working on. Oh. I think I, I kind of discussed them briefly on the call, but it was like, she wanted to see like the more formal back cover copy type um, blurb. So kind of fine tuned what I had with my agent and we sent her the pitches for both the Icelandic romance, even though we had shelved it just cause you never know if somebody might want to pick it up. And for another book I was working on, which is a uh, dual timeline, uh, kind of rom-com set around a couple of history professors um, at a private university. And she chose that one, not the Icelandic one. Um, and so basically it was just set up based off of the pitch alone. Um, I guess they just kind of decide whether they have faith in your writing. I don't know. <laughs> That's super exciting though. So like, how does that, how did that, how did you feel when you, when you heard about that? Like that book, like one, not only one, but like two books, like they want two books from you. Excited. Um, also nervous a little bit it's it's gotten a little more nerve-wracking as I've gone along I'll say that because the initial feeling is just like oh my gosh finally you know it's happening (laughs) um and then you start getting hit with the deadlines (laughs) uh and and going through the different rounds of edits and and you know we went through I, I was in the middle of moving from California to Maine uh 
while I was getting hit with my first round of edits. Um, and so we kind of had to negotiate the deadline and there were these concerns that things might have to get pushed back. Maybe my publication date would have to be later. I ended up, I did meet all the deadlines for seven rules. I actually okay. missed a sort of self-imposed deadline for my second book because I wanted to get my second book out about six months after seven rules came out. So I, uh, tried to rush that one a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been getting the book deal itself was definitely just pure excitement, but everything after that has been business. <laughs> so how much, like how much work is that then? Like how much writing do you have to do on like the, like the editing side of it or whatever, like that process after they accept the book, like, is there uh, like, what's like, is it like how much writing per day are you doing? Or like, what's the routine look like? So I, I've heard really different things from like different author friends. Like I I've had some friends that they say, Oh, you know, edits were no big deal. I just made a couple small tweaks. Uh, I don't know if it's my editing style, if it's just the way I work with my editor, I tend to rewrite like heavily when I'm editing. Um, so like the original form that seven rules for breaking hearts took changed when I was working on it with my agent and then it changed even further working on it with my editor. I, I do feel like it really got refined when mm. I look back at what the original version was. Um, but there was definitely a lot of rewriting involved. I, my first round of edits with my editor, I, I want to say it was like a six week deadline or something. And that was only, I had to ask for it to be that long because of the move. Um, <clears throat> but really I think I spent like three weeks actually doing the edits. And that was like literally just, I would wake up, have a coffee, start editing, <laughs> edit till like 3 a.m., go to wow. sleep. And by the end of it, um, yeah, I had rewritten significant portions of the book. So do you get like, is not to get you in trouble, but like, do you get final say on like how it looks or is the editor get final say or is it just collaborative or what does that look like? So uh, everything that they tell me is, is more or less, I I guess it's a suggestion. Mm, okay. um, I think I could reject any of the changes they want. You know, there, there are, they always tell me that I can. I'm not personally inclined to just because I know that they have the best interest of my book at heart. Um, you know, the, what they're telling me is out of hopes that it will help me sell more books and help people not take issue with things. Um, and so for the most part, I think I've implemented everything that they've asked. There's been like maybe one or two small line edits where I've said like, oh, I don't, I don't really agree with that. Um, just dialogue things or whatever. Um, but for the most part, I've just kind of gone along with it. But I do think if I really wanted to stand firm on something, I could. That's interesting. So um, maybe tell me, tell me a bit, because I know like there's a special, we're going to, you have a special offer that you're giving away a couple of books. So that's, that's cool um or a book I don't I, you can tell you, you'll tell the audience a bit more about it but yeah maybe give me like a what, whatever it is you can give away about the book and like the plot or the story or like why should why should people uh get the book when it comes out and when is it coming out sure yeah so uh it's coming out may 16th 2023 so we're about six months out right now um which is exciting because now i have physical copies in hand yeah. these art copies they're a little different than the final version but not much um but uh yeah, so what I can say about it, um, it's about a couple of best friends who run a dating podcast, and one of them makes the decision to take up a sponsor's offer to, uh, I'm so sorry, 
One of them takes up a sponsor's offer for an all-expenses-paid wedding on Catalina Island off the coast of California, which kind of upsets their whole social media brand because their whole thing has been casually dating, um, kind of hooking up without catching feelings, sort of along the lines of there's a couple dating podcasts out there that people might be familiar with that kind of have that vibe to them. Um, And so the main character, Margot, essentially kind of has to scramble to find content to appease their online following because everybody's questioning them at this point. Uh, And so she decides to break all her own dating rules just to prove that it's a terrible idea and everybody should listen to them. But of course that kind of backfires on her because she does in fact catch feelings. Um, Spoilers, but it's a romance. So we all kind of know that's coming. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's, that's the basic premise. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I can say. Um, I'll, I'll share the back cover copy on the giveaway page for anybody who wants to read a little bit more about it. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a, a lighthearted summer read, beach read. Um, I was really excited to be able to share the setting of Catalina Island with people because I feel like... Yeah, I've not been there. Some, I, well, actually, I, don't know, I don't know that. I, I've not been there. I know about it, but I've never been, even though I'm from California. So <laughs> it, it took me a while to go. Like My parents never took me when I was a kid or anything like that. Um, but as I got older, I, I started going here and there. Um, for a while, I was going like every summer. But um, I feel like people outside of California, a lot of people aren't familiar with it. And if they are, it's because of Step Brothers, the whole Catalina wine mixer. Thing. Okay, I've not seen that either. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a ridiculous movie. Entertaining, but ridiculous. But there's this whole like thing where towards the end of the movie, they're like, it's the freaking Catalina wine mixer. They take a boat over there. So a bunch of people have been like, oh, is that like the place from Step Brothers? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but um, I think that because my entire book is set there, it gets a little bit more in depth about the character of the island and um, try to sneak a little bit of the island's history into some of the narration and things like that. But it's one of my favorite places. I loved going there when I lived in California. So I was really excited to kind of flush out that setting for this book so i'm looking at it on the map <clears throat> and uh tell me tell me like, what goes on there like do people like do people live here like on this island or like what's the what's the deal people with money live there <laughs> oh, oh really so it's like a really nice place <laughs> um it's it's interesting it, it i think it had a little bit more glitz and glamour to its reputation back in maybe like the 30s 40s 50s okay. um and then I remember when I was younger, like my parents, the reason they never took me there is they were like, oh, it's just kind of a tourist trap. Like, mm. why would we go there? Um, and now I think that there are different companies, um, you know, whether it's the marketing directors. I mean, they built new things. They're kind of, I guess, rebranding it a little bit and breathing fresh life into the island. Um, there's this private beach club. Um on the one side of like the main town that's really nice really high end um they've got some beautiful hotels there so it kind of has a mix because there's definitely still some of that um kind of corny history for lack of a better word (laughs) um but then there's also the higher end kind of luxurious uh spas and things like that so did did you did the idea for the book come to you while you were there or did it was did did the inspiration come some other way so it it actually came from a combination of a lot of things. <laughs> first and foremost, a couple years ago is when I first started appearing on podcasts. Your podcast, the first appearance, that was actually the first time I was ever on a podcast. Um, and then I appeared on a couple podcasts after that. But 
it did get the idea of a podcast themed book in my head, which by the way, my main character's last name is Anderson. That was not on purpose. Oh, I didn't know that. Actually. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really actually, common name, so I can't really, like, <laughs> claim that much credit. It's supposed to be, like, a little bit of an homage to Andy Anderson from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. But I realized as I was getting ready for us to have this call, I was like, I have to tell Joe I did not name <laughs> the podcaster after. <laughs> I haven't actually um, seen that movie either, though. I'm I'm behind on my rom-coms. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I, um, I probably well, should have watched that. that. That movie was another part of it. So it just, there were a lot of different factors. It was, it was thinking that I wanted to write something that kind of played off of podcasts. Um, and then I was hearing about these popular dating podcasts and thinking, okay, I could work with that for a romance book. Um, and then from there, I, I love How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. It's one of my personal favorite rom-coms. Um, and uh, I also was listening to a couple different songs. Um, this, I don't know if you'd be familiar with this at all, but there's, um, it's called How to Be a Heartbreaker by uh, Marina and the Diamonds. It's like 2012. I don't know. Anyway, it was on my playlist. And when it came on, I kind of like combined it all in my head. And I was like, okay, so what if somebody was laying out these ground rules on their podcast? And that was their whole brand. Um, and so I ended up, I brainstormed the whole idea. I was on a road trip with my husband to Arizona to see my friend. Um, and the whole drive out, we brainstormed and the whole drive back, we brainstormed just talking. Oh, wow. about that's cool. <laughs> um, and so that's how the basic idea kind of formed. And when I got home, I made like a ton of notes on my laptop, but, um, it has definitely evolved since then. Um, yeah. And Catalina just kind of, um, it, I don't know. It just kind of fell into place as the setting. I, I wanted to write something set on Catalina and it fit with these like LA based influence <laughs> where might they go for a quick vacation yeah so. yeah yeah. no I I like that a lot and I can see I don't know I'm sure there's you probably know better about why like this book spoke to like the market need you know but I do I feel like there's a lot of stuff in entertainment right now it's kind of leveraging these more modern like trends and like communication like I think there's I think I want to say I even saw like a movie about some guy who had something to do with a podcast or something so I can see that like, it's kind of like, they're, it's like, like the entertainment and like, I guess like books are kind of entertainment, but it's like, they're kind of trying to keep up with these trends and kind of speak to these things that are really relevant to people. I guess podcasts too are like, they're very intimate, right? Cause like you listen to them and you get to know the people. So people can probably really relate to that, but <clears throat> I don't know. What are some other ideas about like, why, why was, why do you, why do you think this book kind of really spoke to the people that were reading it? Well, so it's interesting that you said the thing about, you know, people kind of feeling the intimacy for lack of a better word with listening to a podcast like you feel like you know them that was a big part of my inspiration for wanting to write the podcast thing because I initially wanted to do it where almost like she's narrating her podcast to the reader where it was kind of like a transcript that was the initial idea which didn't end up playing out on the page because it limited me in a lot of ways um so the early drafts did read like that but it ended up now where it's more she narrates it it's loosely implied that maybe some of this is part of a later season of the podcast um but then there's snippets of like the previous seasons of the podcast in between chapters and there's like social media snippets and things like that that's cool um, but i think as far as like you know what the market's wanting right now with kind of keeping up with the times and you know um I, there are a lot of authors that are coming out with really creative stuff related to different social media um i know that there is an author who wrote a romance that's kind of centered around like tiktok right now mm, yeah. um and things like that um 
But there's also on the flip side, and this is something that I worried about while editing a lot and wanted to really get right. I know there's a lot of readers who don't really like it so much because it takes away from some of the escapism to be reminded constantly of, oh, I have to post on my Instagram. Or, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, a, do we really want to read that? So that was mm. something that I really had to balance carefully when writing about influencers because I didn't want people to just be like, oh, I'm so over these characters. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> that makes sense though, because like I know, like for me, I, I've gotten busier and busier and I'm like on social media less and less. But like, for a lot of people, it's pr- it's a pretty big part of their lives. Like they're like, I feel like a lot of people, it's like they go on vacation expecting to post a picture, especially for influencers, obviously it's a huge part of their life. So I think that's kind of interesting that you, I'm assuming you kept that in there a bit. I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely in there. Um, and there's definitely, I guess, a little bit of a moral to the story, not on purpose. I didn't intend it to preach it all to readers in any way, but um a lot of the story centers around, you know, the main character's growth related to her relationship with social media, her relationship with putting herself out there constantly, how that affects her self-image and kind of her identity and who she who she is versus who she wants people to think she is. Mm. Um, that's kind of a central theme of the whole book. And um, on the flip side, that male love interest that she's kind of getting to know throughout the book uh, does not have social media. Mm. so they kind of balance each other out in that way like the, the big that's thing that's cool yeah because then like, he doesn't know who ghost. she is wait what because like, then he wouldn't know who she is like from a social media perspective yeah yeah so he they knew each other in high school so there's a little bit of like back background history yeah. there but um yeah de- definitely part of the whole dynamic is like he hasn't listened to her podcast and everybody else has and, <laughs> She's like, she doesn't really know how to take that. Like, should she be offended that he doesn't yeah. have to listen? Or is it a good thing because he's not seeing her through this lens the way the rest of the world is? That's super cool. That's super relatable, too. Because, like, people are people are kind of like, I don't know. People are kind of crazy on social media. <laughs> like, I mean, like, some people are, like, the same way they are. Like, your, your stuff on social media is, like, very similar to how you are. But, like, a lot of people, it's like, yeah, it is sort of like they're two whole different people. So it's it's, yeah I mean I feel like even I I deal with it to an to an extent I try really hard to post things that feel authentic to me yeah um like I I have a hard time writing an Instagram caption that feels like I'm I don't know trying to lecture people or inform them like I don't know I, I stress about it a lot and I feel like my personal experience definitely found its way into my book which is probably gonna happen with anything I write to some extent um But I've definitely gone through it of like wanting to present myself a certain way, wanting to build a following because I have like this really nice aesthetic or whatever. But then on the flip side, it's like, yeah, but maybe I just want to post a picture of my dog. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to pose a picture every time and go into Lightroom and get the tones right and everything. So I try to keep a balance personally of like, hey, I think this picture is really pretty, but then this over here is just something I wanted to post, you know? Has has your relationship changed with it? Like, as you've gotten, now that you, like, know that this, like, kind of, like, I mean, you might have always known that the author thing was going to work out, but now that, like, you're really in it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you feel like your relationship with it's changed a bit, or how has it changed? It definitely has. Um, One thing that I love about my agent is she always says, like, just be yourself, be genuine on social media, because if you're trying too hard to put on a persona, people will pick up on that. Um, and I do agree with that. So for the most part, I would say like my Instagram is still very 
casual. You know, I'm not, I'm not posting about my book 24 seven. It's not all writing related. It's just kind of a mixture. Um, the one thing I've kind of stopped doing as things have gained traction is posting any writing opinions on Twitter. Because mm-hmm. that's just like, you're just asking for an argument. There's <laughs> always going to be somebody on Twitter who will come yeah. out of work and have an opinion. Um, and Twitter is probably my least favorite social media for that reason. I just, I feel like people are always arguing about something. And so many of the same conversations get rehashed so many times. Um, so my relationship with Twitter has kind of changed in that, yeah, I don't, I don't really post opinions. I don't really post, um, a whole lot of anything these days. I know everybody's kind of moving away from Twitter. There's been all the controversy there anyway. Um, so it really, that one is just writing up pure writing updates. If I have news about my book or what have you. Um, but, um, no, there's been like, one of the big things that I've had to learn has been to. I'm still learning because I'm not, I don't have discipline with this yet is not to like Google myself, Google my book, look up what people are saying under every hashtag, look up what people are saying on good. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, I, I, we've got the early copies out there now. Um, so there's feedback rolling in and I'm, I'm still trying to learn not to go look at the feedback because I know that it's impossible for a book to be for everyone. There's yeah, always yeah. going to be somebody who was like, well, I hated the main character and, you know, somebody else might love the main character. So there's no benefit to me going and reading the feedback, but easier said than done. <laughs> I think, I think you come up pretty highly in search now too, because I think I Googled your book or something and it was like right there and it was, it was really good. Like it was like the, like the whole, the way it's presented looked really good. So. Yeah. I, well, I get excited. See, I can't help Googling myself. I, I do the Googling. <laughs> I don't know if I can stop because like, I feel it's like the the marketing background in me that yeah, I'm constantly yeah, yeah. like, oh, like what's coming up at the top of the search? And, you know, have people talked about me on their blogs? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know what kind of exposure I'm getting. Um, But it is exciting every time I Google myself and like I see somebody has said something on their blog, like, oh, most anticipated reads of May 2023 or, you know, something like that. It's every single time it's like, oh, awesome. People are talking about <laughs> Um, and actually on that note, my, um, one of my best friends, she, the one that lives in Arizona that I had driven out to see while brainstorming this book, she just told me yesterday that she was trying to tell her coworker about my book and her coworker was like, oh yeah, that's already on my TV really? list, you know? Oh, that's super cool. That's <laughs> and great. And it's like, oh, that's so cool to think that, yeah, there's just like random people out there who recognize my book and I know it'll only become more recognizable as you know things progress so it's exciting and nerve-wracking a little <laughs> I know I know for me I'm getting up there like I'm ge- I'm becoming one of the most famous Joseph Andersons for sure because like I'm like in if you just put in Joseph Anderson like I'm in the top searches now and if you put in like Joseph right like Joseph Anderson writer or even like random things like Joseph Anderson poet which mm-hmm. I'm, I don't do anything with poetry but <laughs> <clears throat> like I'm like on like number three or something so I can relate it's yeah it's yeah, weird satisfying to see that like you're making a little bit of a name for yourself yeah I would have thought there'd be more competition because that's a pretty both those names are pretty common but I guess there's not a lot of like Joseph Anderson's doing um sometimes I'll like hijack traffic off of people like I know this one guy like I was writing about the Witcher a bit and like this one guy I guess named Joseph Anderson does reviews like the Witcher game but then I was showing up in searches that were meant for him so I was like stealing some of his traffic so that was great. Yeah, <laughs> I, with my name, I've always felt like because the way my first name is spelled, you know, there's there is one other Kristen Miller 
that is a photographer. And oh, okay. Kristen Miller, who spells it the same, who's like an indie author, which is why I have the J is just for like SEO purposes. Basically. Oh, smart. Yeah. Um, but uh, I thought about it in the last name Miller being relatively common that my maiden name was extremely uncommon. Like literally anyone who had the name spelled that way is like at least my second cousin. If not oh, closer. wow. Okay. Um there's like a whole history to it. It has to do with like my, my family fought for the North during the civil war and <laughs> changed the spelling to disassociate from their Southern relatives. Oh, really? So like, wow. It, it, yeah. And so like, basically anyone who spells it the same way I do, it's like, we share the same great grandfather or something like that. Anyway, tangent, but point being my, my dad has given me crap. Cause he's like, Oh, you know, that would have been so much better for people searching up your name. Cause like, everybody would recognize it immediately by the last name. But at the same time, my first name is already hard to spell. So I kind of feel like Miller is like convenient for the last name. Cause it's like, at least people will spell part of it. Right. If my oh, okay. first name and my last name were hard for people to remember how to spell, then I feel like people trying to search for me, it would just be a mess. <laughs> it's a nice name too. I mean, it's like, a, I guess it's kind of like, I don't know what the right thing to do is when it comes to that with author stuff. Cause like on the one hand, it, like I can definitely relate to the idea of like the more unique name might stand out more, but I guess also on the other hand, if it's a more familiar name that also might resonate with people more, like I guess Miller's pretty, pretty familiar. I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. common name. So I don't yeah. know. Is there research done on that? Like what the right, what the right thing to do is, or did your, did your editors have any ideas or anything or. No, I, I never really brought up the possibility of using my maiden name. I always just kind of figured I was going to write under Miller. Um, yeah. I was really excited when I changed my name because I was like, oh, I don't have to spell out my last name. My super- <laughs> like, and it was a long last name, too. So it's like, okay, now I don't have to spell it out on the phone every time. Um, so I, I was excited to use that as my author name. I've considered if I eventually I would like to work in other genres as well. And so it, that would be dependent on if they think you know, whether my agent or future editor thinks it would be more a future editor or agent, if they thought that for horror, for example, it might be better to use a different last name, then I would be inclined to use my maiden name for a pen name. Mm, okay. uh, just to avoid like somebody thinking like, oh, Kristen J. Miller, she writes romance. And then they pick up this like terrifying, like supernatural <laughs> horror that I've written. Yeah, that could go bad. So um, potentially in the future, I would use uh, my maiden name as a pen name, but so what's um like what's next steps then like what's coming up do you have any really cool events for the book or um I know that you probably have to do a lot of advertising for it like so what are like the next steps with that and then at what part are you able to start thinking about like the next book so I I actually as far as my second book um I actually have it pretty much drafted I have to do another round of edits I've already done one round of edits with my editor um I have to do another round of edits that's due uh into January and then hopefully that one will be moving forward and I'll be able to do a cover reveal in a few months things like that oh wow, nice as long as I can stay on schedule <laughs> <laughs> um but as far as seven rules goes um I'm gonna be doing a couple possibly like Instagram live appearances kind of in the new year um nothing too set in stone yet I don't really have dates um but that'll just kind of be early promotion stuff but based off of what my the marketing team at St. Martin's Press um, and my publicist have told me um, really there's not a ton of benefit to doing appearances like that too early. Um, that a lot of the time, you know, especially romance readers, I think like that instant gratification of, you know, they're 
scrolling through Instagram or scrolling through TikTok or whatever, and they see this pitch that really speaks to them, they want to be able to just go buy it right now and read it. They don't necessarily want to pre-order six months in advance. Mm. Um, so as far as like St. Martin's Press, their marketing efforts will really kick into gear shortly before the release in May. Um, and so anything that I do kind of in the interim is just, you know, casual appearances, um, just kind of for my own, I don't know, <laughs> uh, just, just to talk to somebody about it and generate a little bit of hype. Um, oh, yeah. But following the release, um, I will probably be doing a book signing. Uh, I have, there's another romance author here in um, Maine. She's out in Portland, um, Lauren H. May. She has her uh, traditionally published debut is coming out in, I think, April in digital format and then in summer in paperback. So once it's out in paperback, we're going to do a joint signing event probably in Portland, um, which I'm excited about. I think that'll be fun. Um, and then uh, outside of that, I know that typically there's like a launch party for the book, but I'm kind of in an interesting situation in that having moved out here... I don't really have a ton of people I would invite to a launch party. Mm, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I not really entirely sure what we're going to do for that yet. What I guess is the, what are some of the best ways then for people to find the book to maybe tell us a bit about the giveaway that I know we're, we're going to be doing that together. We're going to do it in a giveaway. I'm going to be promoting the giveaway on my side. So maybe just tell listeners a bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So I'm going to be giving away uh, one early signed copy of Seven Rules to Breaking Hearts um, and then a $25 digital Amazon gift card. Um, both of those will be going just to one person. Um, and that giveaway will be open through January 6th. I will contact winners by January 13th. That gives everybody a nice two-week window to enter and a little bit of leeway as we're all coming out of the holidays and everything. Um edit out what I said earlier about a couple of people because it's just going to one person. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but, for, but for everybody else, um, what's the best way to get the book? Yeah, so uh, there are pre-order links um, on my website. Uh, pretty much available for pre-order right now anywhere that you can buy books. Um, don't quote me on that. If somebody <laughs> finds a really niche bookstore. <laughs> uh, but it should be available for pre-order most places. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kristen. I, it was really a pleasure having you on the show again third time hopefully we'll do this again soon maybe after uh the book's been out for a little bit we can get like some reactions or something or how how you how you've uh handled your your newfound fame and stuff so <laughs> we'll definitely do that so i appreciate it thank you so much awesome thank you for having me back all right bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.